tuning in to Radio IAGP, the Implausibly Average Gaming Podcast. I'm Implausibly Josh, and let's get into it. Uh, this is going to be our no video games episode. No video games whatsoever. No video game questions. Not going to talk about video games because every gaming podcast has that one episode or frequent episode where they don't actually talk about video games for very much. Before we get into the questions, uh, let's talk about some things I watched. Uh, mostly the the big things I watched this week were uh, the CW uh, DC Universe shows. I'm a big fan of things like Supergirl, The Flash, and Batwoman, and I know they're weird, campy nonsense, but it's weird, campy nonsense that I like, so I always give it a watch pretty much every time I can. The Flash has been really weird. They're trying to pay off this thing with The Flash goofing around with the Speed Force during Crisis, and also a new version of the Mirror Master uh, because of the this post-crisis world that they've been thrust into. There's a new Mirror Master there, which has been interesting. Uh, Supergirl has also been dealing with a lot of post-crisis fallout. Lex Luthor is a good guy, but not really. Uh, the universe just thinks he is. So, you know, it, comic book nonsense. Batwoman, I feel like, has maybe suffered is the wrong word, but has definitely felt the brunt of the the multiverse stuff the most. Uh, I haven't really kept up with Black Lightning this season. I need, I really need to watch that whole season, but I know that Batwoman feels like it's taken a hard left turn post-crisis. Like, they really, they went, they brought in, uh, what is it? Is her name Delula Dent? Something like that. But it is uh, a Harvey Dent daughter, relative, whoever, uh, brought in Fear Toxin, uh, they dealt with doppelgangers, which is the first time that they've done that in the in the show. Batwoman was a little little tiny bit more grounded than something like The Flash or Supergirl, so it's really felt it really feels like a different show now. Um, that was always the thing that was going to happen. You do a big crossover event with a show that's in its first season, and you do it halfway through that season. Yeah, things are going to get a little weird, but it's been fun. I'm invested in the stories, so I'm excited to see where everything goes. All right, let's get on over to the emails. You can always send in your questions to fanmail at implausiblyaverage.live or head over to bit.ly slash radio IAGP. IAGP, excuse me. That's capital R, capital IAGP. Our first question comes from Anonymous who asks, what did you think of CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths? Thank you, Anonymous. Uh, I thought it was very cool. I think that... Some of the previous crossovers didn't really make good on the thing that they were named after. Um, Crisis on Earth X was okay. Um, it was kind of there, <laughs> you know, nice to have everyone on one screen, but not really much there. They had one called Elseworlds, which I thought was really strange, mostly because they didn't make good on the concept of Elseworlds. So if you're not familiar, DC comics have this concept called Elseworlds, where basically they will tell what-if stories about the heroes and villains and all that stuff. If you've heard of the new DC animated movie Superman Red Sun, that was an an Elseworlds story. Basically, the concept is that instead of Kal-El landing in Kansas, what if he landed in Russia and became some, you know, Soviet Russian mascot, if you will. Good story. I really like it a lot. The movie apparently isn't very good, and I haven't seen it. 
or another one is what if Bruce Wayne got the Green Lantern ring and what would he do with that power instead of being a person without power and just money and a bat suit and there's a lot of stuff like that it's these what if stories that take these characters that you're really familiar with and you're really fond of putting them in new situations and seeing how that story plays out but the Elseworlds crossover didn't really like make good on that there was barely any what if instances and it really only set up crisis on infinite earths which i think was very strange like it's just a very weird thing to name your crossover elseworlds which implies this what if fantasy stuff and then really all it is is set up to bring in batwoman and then set up for crisis on infinite earths by introducing the monitor and characters like that crisis on infinite earths however i think was really good i think it really brought in it it made good on calling the crossover crisis on infinite earths Uh, in the comics it was basically this uh, big event that would that helped reset the comics continuity basically they got into a point where dc comics thought hey our our stories are a little too dense it's hard to get jump into a random comic a random superman comic for instance it's hard to just get started for new readers so why don't we wipe the slate clean pick and choose the things we like from this huge history of our characters and then start over and in a way crisis on infinite earths did that as well there's a lot of stuff where i'm sorry there's uh the way that crisis ended everyone on the cw shows uh that were current at the time are now all on one earth earth prime uh so metas from the flash and aliens from supergirl and all these things now live on one earth and makes it so that a lot of those a lot of those earths and a lot of those settings make more sense for instance uh in the elseworld storyline um supergirl heavily implies that there's a batman on her earth again before all of them merge together so it's weird stuff like that where like there's a batman that exists there but you never really hear about him except like really offhand mentions of metropolis even though batman would be a very big figure in this world and then you have stuff like batwoman didn't necessarily make sense being on the earth she was on before cross cross um sorry before crisis on infinite earths so there's a lot of stuff where the use of the multiverse and the flash and the way all these characters fit you know things like black lightning was also a cw superhero show and it was advertised very heavily as being part of this whole universe even if it's on a different earth but that earth dc comics was a thing that existed and like it's heavily i mean not heavily referenced but it's referenced enough to be like hey superman doesn't exist black lightning is the only superhero and so now a lot of that stuff has now been mashed together in a way that i think works really well and it does the thing that you want crisis on infinite earths to do which is what happened in the comics which is that you have a lot of characters interacting with each other that wouldn't normally interact so like one of the big things was kevin conroy the voice of batman coming in and being the actor who played this earth whatever version of batman kind of a mixture of a kingdom come really really bad end batman beyond style batman basically a batman who decided to kill all of the other's heroes like superman and stuff like that and villains and things of that nature and then you had 
Brandon Ruth, I think is how you pronounce his name. I can never remember. Uh, he played Superman in Superman Returns, and he's also just been an actor who has been playing a different hero in the CW universe. Um, he got to put on a kind of Kingdom Come style Superman suit and be a Superman that is implied to be some kind of combination between like, again, bad and Superman Returns kind of sort of kingdom come to play a little fast and loose with it but basically it's all it's all narrative set up so that you can basically say look we're bringing all the characters and actors together that we think make up the pillars of not just the live action you know dc stuff for instance they had um ezra miller who plays the flash in the justice league movies and the current DC film universe. Uh, he had a meetup with, you know, the Grant Gustin Barry Allen of the CW shows. And so again, it's all the stuff that kind of narratively works to basically say the comics did this thing that mashed up together all of these characters that should not exist together. Characters from the past, from the future, different earths, all this stuff were mashed together to then give fans a bunch of really cool fan service and not in like a gross sexy way but in a it's cool that i finally get to see this version of superman from supergirl interact with this version of superman it's kind of inspired by this thing or for instance they got was it tom welling the actor who played clark kent in smallville he came as a again a future-ish version of that clark kent where, for whatever reason, he decided to give up his superpowers and just be a normal dude. And you get small little hints here and there of the idea that in the almost like a more Marvel take on how the multiverse works, where, if I recall correctly, Marvel's is not my strong suit. DC's my stronger suit of the two. But in Marvel, pretty much everything exists in the multiverse. So... Even the live-action movies have some sort of connection to the comic book multiverse. So it's this huge multimedia multiverse. That doesn't really exist in DC. Totally fine. But they kind of bring that energy by having stuff like the Batman 89 movie be technically a different alternate Earth to the CW universe. That old CBS Flash show, um, they bring in that actor who played the Flash, who's also... Barry Allen and the CW Flash's dad, but they have him play the Flash and they bring an end to his character from a show that ended, you know, decades ago. So it really does feel like a culmination, not just of the things that the CW did, but a culmination of all types of live action stuff that DC has attempted. You know, it's got references to Titans. It's got references to the DC movies. It's got references to you know, the old Adam West Batman, it's got, it's got references, it's kind of, sort of, to, um, the animated Batman by having Kevin Conroy on there. So it's got all these cool things, and it leaves the universe of the CW DC universe in a very interesting place. Oliver Queen is dead, and he's also now the Spectre, which is, uh, one of those mini godlike characters in the DC universe. And then, like I said, you have everyone on the same Earth together, which means that you can have more flexible writing in terms of how these crossovers can work on a more small scale. For instance, in older 
episodes of the flash like earlier episodes of the flash and arrow there'd be a lot of little crossovers and not really crossovers but just like small cameos you know the flash barry allen and oliver queen are friends and so it makes sense that maybe the flash would show up every once in a while on arrow and not have it be a big deal and the other way around have green arrow show up on the flash and not have it be a big deal because they all live in one universe it makes sense that hey, I might call my other superhero friend and see what's up. Maybe get some some thoughts on this. And while the crossover happened in the middle of a season, so we're not quite getting that promise now. Like, we're not seeing a lot of, like, Batwoman talking to her new friend Supergirl. You know, they're all kind of secluded in their storylines. But it is the first half season after this has all happened. So I feel like maybe the new seasons will bring that energy more. But the crossover itself I thought was really good. And it makes me interested to see where they go from here. It it I, I think it was really good. A lot of goofy fan service. And I'm already there and accepting of how campy and kind of goofy these shows are. So that doesn't really bother me. It's just really cool to see them take the take this iconic comic and bring it to the small screen in a way that isn't necessarily um it's true to the source material not in that it recreates panels shot for shot or something like that but it definitely recreates the feel of these of that comic so all in all really liked crisis on infinite earths our next question comes from tyler who asks if you can make any type of content online what would you make Assume money is no object and you have as much time as you need. Thank you, Tyler, for the good question. Um, I think if I had, you know, basically all the time and money in the world and I could really focus on implausibly average stuff, I think the two big things I would want to do is I think it would be fun to have a YouTube late night talk show style show. I think that would just be really fun in general. I don't necessarily have any other like solid like thoughts about that idea i've just always very much been into late night tv late night talk shows specifically um you know i used to watch a ton of conan o'brien and david letterman growing up and while i don't necessarily watch them a lot currently you know it is this thing that i think has definitely influenced me and how i think about media and how i think about the type of content you can put out and i think that that type of interview talk show type thing would be really fun in the internet age especially if it's just interviewing people that i find interesting or people whose work i want to promote which is another thing that i wish i could do with implausibly average a bit more if implausibly average had more of a following uh i would be promoting other people's work all the time you know just to try and boost those numbers for those people like the implausibly average twitter has like i don't know 30 people following it and i plausibly josh have i don't know like almost 200 like 190 something followers so i don't have like a big following and the brand doesn't have a big following either so i'm not like at a point there where i could be boosting the things like i want to but that's always been a big thing with me and what i want to do with implausibly average as a brand so i feel like a late night talk show would be like the big thing and then if that doesn't work for whatever reason I think the other thing that I would really, really, really like to do is I'd love to do tabletop stuff like that is where it's at for me in terms of like 
the that's the big fish for me that's my whale i don't know but i would love to do like really fun tabletop stuff of all stripes you know like i own the star trek adventures tabletop rpg and i haven't had a chance to play it but it seems pretty cool and i think that it would make for a really fun actual play podcast of some sort a podcast or a youtube show or something like that like i i think that it would make a lot of sense for that and again going back to boosting things like um i would maybe take like a tabletop game jam that's going on and try and find some cool games from there and play those on a stream or on like weekly or something like have a set of people who are really invested in the indie tabletop scene maybe have someone from that scene gm the game and have me play or whatever and honestly i would love to be off camera (laughs) for a lot of these things but you know if that's not an option then have me on camera whatever but that would be something i'd really like to do if again all the time and money in the world it would be boosting smaller creators by playing their games and doing stuff like that but like having a weekly or twice weekly or something but some ongoing series where let's say we're playing like the big game is star trek uh adventures and then that's like on mondays and then fridays it's you know we found something cool on itch itch itch.io and we're gonna play that and it's a small game that like costs five bucks we make sure that we put the link to their stuff right on the stream overlay or youtube overlay or whatever and then have fun with that game and finally anonymous asks what's your favorite soda um good question anonymous my favorite soda is vanilla coke with a special shout out to canada dry ginger ale uh i could uh there is a story i tell where i was very stressed about work and i came home one day and i cracked open a vanilla coke can and drank the whole thing in like a couple seconds not really but like under a minute for sure and then instantly went to crack open another vanilla coke can because it was like my my stress drink the thing i would drink when i was stressed because i liked to drink so much and also just easy to drink that's when i realized i had a soda problem um but yeah i could basically drink my body weight in vanilla coke and not feel too bad about it canada dry is just a really good go-to soda you know bubbles a little harder tastes really good heck yeah canada dry ginger ale all right and that's it thanks again for listening uh if you enjoyed this episode uh let me know on twitter i'm at implausibly j on twitter you can also follow the brand implausibly average at implausibly a on twitter again send in your emails if you have any to fanmail at implausiblyaverage.live or head over to bit.ly slash radio iagp that is capital r capital iagp and again thank you for listening and i'll see you next time later